This is Hear Me Out. I'm Celeste Headley. If you have been proposed to, you've done the proposing, or you've been in the orbit of those who have, so realistically that includes all of us, you know what an engagement ring entails. It's money, yes. It's also a wedding, probably at some point, but it's also relationship politics. Like the institution of marriage, the institution of the engagement ring is rooted in old-fashioned ideas about who has power in a relationship and who is a commodity, who can be trusted, and when to follow through on a promise. The engagement ring is a relatively new tradition in the history of human relationships, but they are a big deal in modern times, and our guest today argues they really shouldn't be. I just think the engagement ring is one of those things that has got a little out of control, that it's all about size now and not about intention. Belinda Luscombe, editor-at-large at at Time magazine, joins us to argue for the end of engagement rings. Stay with us. Welcome back to Hear Me Out. I'm Celeste Headley. So according to a survey from The Knot, which is a wedding website, we are now in wedding season. That survey found that almost half of the weddings that took place last year occurred between September and November. So, tis the season to talk weddings. Now, there are a lot of strong, potentially unpopular opinions we could unpack here on this show, and we would love to know our listeners' thoughts on those things. But today, we want to talk about that little piece of metal that encircles many fingers and accompanies most weddings, the engagement ring. A New York Times piece from earlier this summer reported that the engagement ring business is still struggling. Because according to industry insiders, the pandemic stopped people from dating. Between that and a tough economy, it makes sense that popping the question has taken a back seat for many people. But our guest today argues that whatever the reason, this is a golden or silver, or platinum opportunity to end the tyranny of the engagement ring. Belinda Liscombe is our guest. She's an editor-at-large at Time Magazine, and she has written extensively on this topic. Welcome. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Now, to be clear, you don't have anything against marriage. You, you seem to be, from your writing, a marriage enthusiast, a relationship enthusiast. I am indeed a marriage enthusiast, and by marriage, I'm talking about a long-term commitment of one person to another person, monogamous, if that's what you want, if as long as, you know, that's what both of you want, um, and, and committed, and not, uh, and even in the tough times sticking together. The, the, the data has shown that that is incredibly good for people's wealth. It's incredibly good for their health. It's incredibly good for their well-being. Um, and it is good for society, actually, because it's great for kids. But it's the rings that you don't appreciate. So make your case here. What what do you not like about the engagement ring? Well, there are so many reasons that the engagement ring has, I think, outlived its time. The first one I think we have to discuss is that marriage, even in the time that I've been alive, I've been married now something like 30 years, has profoundly changed. It is no longer this exchange of, you know, one person offering to pay for another person's life if they stay at home and do all the housework. It is most three quarters of the people 
who get married uh, in in this season, next year, this year, next year, whenever uh, they decide to, will have lived together first. So it's not like this is a surprise. Oh, you know, I'm shocked, shocked that you want to uh, marry me or live with me. They have begun to negotiate this relationship already. They are probably both earning money than contributing to the household. So my question is, why is it just one person giving another person a ring? And why is it the guy giving the girl a ring? Can the girl uh, not afford a ring? What, it, what are we saying about men and women and their coming relationship that you have this big, and I'm particularly talking about a diamond ring that is a sort of signifier of an intent to get married? What are the messages that's sending? And some of those, I think, are questions. I mean, it's not just heterosexual relationships where they give engagement rings. I mean, even in um, relationships, uh, other relationships, sometimes a, a woman will give an engagement ring to another woman or a, a man will give an engagement ring to another man. Would Would you be okay with an, an engagement ring if they both gave each other an engagement ring? 100%. I even suggest that that might be a way of moving forward. If you said instead of engagement ring, you just made it the wedding ring and you give it in advance. You each give, each person gives one ring. And then on the wedding day, you you join those rings together so that people have a, a kind of sign that here's my, my intention. And now this intention has become plain. So I, it's not so much the rings I object to, it's the culture around it. The fact that, yes, it is true that women give each other engagement rings. I think it is also true that the, the vast majority of ring giving is done in heterosexual relationships from a man to a woman in, uh, for a factor of 95%. So, uh, you know, the giving of engagement rings by people of the same sex to each other is is in essence a rounding error. Is is it the sexism of it here? I mean, I know I looked it up. um, I I read your piece, The Case Against Engagement Rings, and, and, uh, you know, the early history of of this goes back to the times when this was basically a, a contract um, of ownership, you know, and we know that marriage is, in its roots in history is, is, is pretty sexist and misogynist. Is that what bothers you about it? I do think it is a vestige. There are vestiges of the way marriage used yeah. to be in the giving of engagement ring. The men had to prove that they were marriageable by being able to afford a big fancy ring. And there was a little hint of ownership about it in the in the early days when such ribbons, rings were given in Roman times. It came with a little key to show that this person had been locked away. Uh, and then the woman, uh, the woman was taken. She had no no say in this anymore. Her, her her right to choose had been now locked away. The uh, also there was a, a notion that if the man proved to break his promise. She always had the engagement ring that she could sell. And this was a, so many things wrong with that. First, it sort of talks about the, that men are unreliable and can't be trusted to keep their word unless there's money involved. And B, that somehow a woman who, whose engagement did not go through is worthless and needs sort of money to sort of be uh, 
to be to have whatever she had lost in marriageability made up to her, be made whole somehow. And that uh, that whole idea that the engagement ring was uh, the sort of deposit on a uh, future contract, I think is very outdated and says uh, it does not bode well for you know what we think about the se- the sexes and the and the division of labor and the division of equality anymore. On the other hand, you know, there is this whole thing about uh, women sort of measuring engagement rings one against the other, right? Like how much does he love you? Look at the tiny teeny tiny almost microscopic chip of a diamond on that engagement ring clearly he's not that committed right there is this whole thing of like you're supposed to send a mo- spend a month's salary on that engagement ring that shows he's serious about this do you you don't take that can you hear yourself oh, I, right now can you hear yourself but it's right real now? like people do <laughs> say these <laughs> things <laughs> Right, but it's so wrong. It is so wrong. For a start, yes, it is supposed to be actual two oh, months' is it two salary. Months? Yeah, that's what you're supposed to send. Yep. Secondly, that's anybody can get a credit card, and anybody can spend it. It does not speak to marriageability. Also, are we all really prepared to accept the idea that a guy's wealth and willingness to spend it out is is the main measure of his measurability, of anybody's measurability, a guy or a woman's wealth, is that his main measure of a desirability and, and suitability to be a spouse? No, I hope not. Especially, and I mean, I understand that people, that, that, that back in the day, you needed to have a good provider. But now we're 50 years into women in the workplace uh, we're fighting all the time for equality of um, of uh, uh, salary and uh, and leadership opportunities, and we're still willing to accept this idea that we need to be bought. You know, the size of the ring is is the suitability of of the partner. That concerns me deeply. Secondly, with diamonds, the size of the ring is no longer an issue because with the man-made diamonds, they can be to the naked eye. Huge, but not that expensive. Ah, you've brought in the lab-grown elephant in the room. We're going to talk about that and sentiment and many other things uh, after we take a break. We're talking about uh, whether engagement rings should go away. Uh, We're speaking with Belinda Lescom. We'll be back in just a moment. This is Hear Me Out, a podcast from Slate. I'm Celeste Headley. Stay with us. Transport yourself back in time and explore the fascinating and harrowing story of the Titanic's maiden voyage. Now open at COSI. Don't miss Titanic, the Artifact Exhibition. This epic exhibit features over 200 authentic artifacts recovered from the ocean floor. Discover poignant passenger and crew accounts and majestic recreated interiors, including the iconic Titanic Grand Staircase. Tickets for Titanic, the Artifact Exhibition are on sale now. Book your voyage at COSI.org. And we're back. This is Hear Me Out, a podcast from Slate. I'm Celeste Headley, and we're talking about whether or not engagement rings have had their day. Now, you just talked about lab-grown diamonds, so let's talk about that. Um, this has been a little bit of a scandal, and I I don't know how... Uh, frankly, I'm a little bit skeptical of that. I tend to be a skeptical person. That's what makes this show very, so very good for me. But... 
is this really as controversial as it seems, or is this really um, gem companies um, trying to make it scandalous to have a lab-grown diamond? Um, lab-grown diamonds look exactly the same. What's your take on using a lab-grown diamond? Well, to be honest, my take on using a diamond at all is like, why? Why are you? Why are you insisting on a diamond? It's something that was invented by the jewelry companies, by the diamond merchants, literally not more than 100 years ago. Maybe it's 100, maybe it's 150. Somebody had the idea, I think in the in maybe the 50s, to say, oh, man, how can we sell more diamonds? <laughs> and they connected this idea that a diamond is forever and so is marriage. And we all bought it. You know, I have nothing against diamonds. Whatever. If you like a diamond, go for it. Should it be a should it be a lab grown diamond? Should it be a diamond that has been mined out of the ground? Personally, I couldn't care less. I just think that you don't need a diamond at all. You don't need if if you love diamonds, you go get one. You choose the one you want. You have that discussion with your spouse, but you don't need to do it. There are better ideas. Even I even the people at, at Modern Bride, which is, you know, a wedding industry cheerleader magazine yeah. say there are other things you can do instead of a diamond uh they suggested tattoos you, you can get engagement tattoos both of you it seems like a, that seems like and that really does last forever so we've gotten two unpopular opinions for the price of one from you belinda we get the unpopular opinion that no more engagement rings and the unpopular opinions that screw the diamonds but let's go back to engagement rings because let's talk about sentiment here right um oftentimes well at least for however long um the tradition of engagement rings has lasted and believe me listeners it is not as long as you think it is it's a relatively recent tradition uh, you know, families have been handing down engagement rings if you're one of those privileged families to have one that's worth something. Um, if you have your grandmother's, great-grandmother's engagement ring, is that okay to use it? I actually think that's lovely. I think that's lovely. The tradition of it, the um, the, the sort of vintage appeal. I want to stress, I'm not actually against, like, the giving of rings, I have rings. I have a I have a ring for my wedding. I have a ring for each Aww. of my children. I I like rings well enough. I am suggesting that we need to rethink this idea that you spend all this money on a diamond ring of a certain size to enter this very important and difficult institution that is a lifetime relationship with somebody. And so I think I think a, a vintage ring, one that belonged to your family, is a completely appropriate and wonderful thing. Right, but you have a problem with the only the female in a heterosexual relationship wearing that engagement ring. So if I, if a male gives a woman a vintage ring, does he need to wear one also during the engagement portion of their relationship? In your mind. In my mind, there are guys who like rings and guys who don't like rings. But he doesn't need to wear it. But I think. If a couple is doing this, it might be a nice idea to discuss. Like, does your dad have a wedding ring? Does your grand did your grandfather have a wedding ring? Is there some piece of jewelry in your past or some piece some metal that means a lot to you that we could have a ring out of? Like, would you like to wear one? I think that's a worthwhile discussion. I'm sort of against this idea of, you know, putting all this pressure on a guy to choose this ring 
to get down on one knee in some public place to make what is a very serious decision even more pressured and expensive. I, as I say in the essay, this is a little bit like spending all the money on the front door handle and not any money on the house. Like it's, it's just the entry point. So I think anything that makes it less of a consumer activity and more of a thoughtful activity where you've discussed and thought about what kind of life would we imagine is to be encouraged. And so the first thing I think to do is to think, do I really need a diamond engagement ring? Is that what I really want? Or, or am I just giving into sort of advertising and my what my friends think? You know, there should be some thought and pause put into proposing, shouldn't there? I mean, the cost of a ring, even if it's low, even if it's a reasonable cost, um, is that one way to make someone stop and think before they enter into a, a committed relationship? I mean, if the only reason that you think twice about proposing to somebody is because you have to spend money, then I think we have to be worried about your seriousness That's about fair. this endeavor. I mean, it is... It is the it's the star on the top of the the Christmas tree. You know, it's the last kind of thing you put on. You should have been sort of building that sort of tinsel, I think, a little bit for for a while there. Um, so yeah, I do think. And also, I mean, you can go on Reddit. There's a you know our engagement. One of the subreddits there. Every single week, there's a woman complaining about her engagement ring and not knowing how to say to her future husband, I hate this ring. I didn't want a baguette. I really wanted a pear shape. I don't, I can't even believe that he thinks that I would like this ring. Like it's such a cause of stress to people. And, uh, and I'm like, why can we not have this be more of a joyful? occasion where we you know rather than one poor soul being extremely pressured into proposing in this very particular way uh you have this fabulous celebratory announcement that you know what we've been living together for two three years and now we're gonna make it forever yay the, although that reddit that that point about reddit kind of also proves how important this is to to a, a large number of women, right? How important that ring is. Uh, I guess you could say it is it is important to some women. I think that's true. But I what I was hoping is that we could r really rethink why is it so important to us? What is it that this ring signifies that it is uh, that its size and it's the perfection of the shape of it? It is and the amount that it costs, why is that important to me? Am, am I thinking about marriage in the right way if it starts with this very big, pressured, expensive moment rather than uh, a moment of, of, I think, sort of more contemplation and serious thinking, you know, uh, as we've discussed before, or, or a moment of, of, of absolute sort of joy i mean this should be two people who are so crazy about each other and that they're uh trying to do this thing that we all know for is very difficult like listen if you think marriage is going to be a fairy tale then you know you haven't been paying attention this is 
it's a serious thing to get married to somebody. And I do think that the wedding industry has made it seem like the party and the wedding is much more important than what comes after. And I am sort of trying to, I guess, steer steer the institution in another direction. So when we come back, I found evidence in my research before we our conversation that you may be right. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that, uh, but we do need to take a quick break. Uh, I'm talking to Belinda Liscombe about the value, both metaphorical and real of engagement rings. This is Hear Me Out, a podcast from Slate. I'm Celeste Headley, and we will be right back. Welcome back. This is Hear Me Out. I'm Celeste Headley, and we're talking about engagement rings today. And and of course, we're not just talking about engagement rings. We're talking about marriage, and we're talking about relationships. Um, and before we took a quick break, you you mentioned the fact that perhaps this this drive to spend a bunch of money on an engagement rings means that many people are are sort of putting their emphasis their priority on the wrong things and so when i was doing research to you know before i spoke to you one of the things that i read about was this study that showed that the more your wedding cost the higher the 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 likelihood that you would get divorced <laughs> in fact if your wedding costs more than $20,000 the the rate of divorce was roughly 1.6 times higher than someone whose wedding cost um, somewhere between five to ten thousand dollars. Couples who spent a thousand dollars or less had an even lower average rate of divorce than pretty much everybody else. And you're nodding your head like this is what I wanted to say. Like you might be right here. <laughs> like it, it, it could be that the engagement ring, which again is a pretty recent in human history, a pretty recent development. Maybe it is a sign that we put too much value on the wrong things, that we prioritize the wrong things. Is that sort of what you're trying to say? That is what I'm trying to say. I am aware of the studies which you have read, that there is a sort of sweet spot in the middle sort of ground that that a wedding is important enough to you that you spend some money on it not like not like 200 bucks and but not you do not go absolutely crazy and 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 uh and sort of sell the farm i think um i think that shows that you are happy and serious and there'll be a lot of people around you a lot of a lot of marriage Research suggests that the more supported a couple is in a community, the more connections they have, the uh, the more likely they are to be happy and to thrive. That that isolation is is bad for a marriage, and I think that may be what the sort of very low number. Uh, if you spend no money at all, you have no guests, you're not really celebrating. You're just that that those marriages don't survive. Those could also be the kind of marriages that take place, you know, in Vegas after a big night that you, you know, do not survive because they were never intended to survive. But uh, I want to say that I'm, I don't want people to think that um, marriage is all boring and dutiful and dull and you shouldn't have nice things. It's a lovely, it's a lovely idea to buy your spouse to be a beautiful present to say, I really like to do this with you. I'd really like to try and spend my life with you. And, and here's, 
how I feel about it. I, I bought your present to show you. I just think the engagement ring is maybe one of those things that has got a little out of control, like the big crazy weddings, that it's all about size now and not about um, intention and, and less about, about celebration. I, I, also, I also want to talk about money and that in my research on, on marriage, money fights are the hardest fights to solve in some ways, that they are they, the sort of tension around money. People have very different money stories when they come into a marriage and tension around money. Those fights are often the most frequent and they're often the most vicious. And I just think it's a really bad idea to then start this uh, contract between the two of you, this union, this team, putting yourself under money stress because that is a definite, definite pressure on marriage. So I, I, I'd hate the idea that somebody went out and and spent money that they didn't have. And especially since once you get married, those, de those debts are both of yours, right? So if a guy spends a lot of money on a ring, you know, a woman should know that if he can't pay it, once she's married to him, you know, there's it's partly her responsibility as well. I got to say, Belinda, though, so much of the marriage ritual is unnecessary, <laughs> right? Like so much of a wedding is very unnecessary. All the invitations, the pretty invitations with the calligraphy and the dresses and the mother of the bride dresses and the a bridesmaid's dress, or even bridesmaids or a groomsman, period. And the veil is unnecessary and the uh, bouquets are unnecessary and the organ player is unnecessary <laughs> and the vows are, un you know what I mean? Like, how do we decide what things that are, you know, I mean, the only things that are really unnecessary is what by law makes you a married couple, right? Uh, uh of course, yeah. I mean, but I think those things, some of the things you mentioned are very helpful and beautiful. Vows don't cost a darn cent. They're beautiful promises that you make to somebody. And, you know, I think they're a lovely part of the ritual. I do think we need a ritual. I think need is a strong word. I think a ritual around joining yourself to another person for the rest of your life or trying to is a beautiful thing and is a helpful thing. And if we denuded our life of all ritual. It would be a poorer existence. I think your problem is not with marriage or weddings. Your problem is with capitalism. It's just that every step of the way, the things that you have spoken of has become a, a sort of money-making opportunity for somebody. The wedding photographer. Anybody could shoot your wedding, but no, there's a wedding photographer. The invitations. You know, you could send those out by email. Those could be whatever. But no, it, there's a whole kind of calligraphy industry. Wedding favors. Some of it is, I, you know, I could write an essay on wedding favors, but it seems like it's not such a, you know, it seems like hitting an ant with a sledgehammer, if you'll excuse me calling myself a, a sledgehammer, I guess. But, uh, you know, I think that a lot of this stuff could go away. But I think the entry point and the one that I want to beat down the door of is the flippin' expensive diamond engagement ring. And also, I make the argument, this one, you know, really is probably open for discussion, but that it could actually be a disincentive to some people to marry because there's a lot of, as, as I say, the women don't necessarily like them. There's a lot of stress. They're very expensive. People are getting married in smaller and smaller numbers. and 
if you think that marriage is a helpful and worthwhile institution or, or practice, my marriage has been a very enriching part of my life and I would like other people to have that opportunity to try it. And it's like running a marathon or learning to play a, a difficult instrument. You know, you at the time, you don't maybe enjoy all of it, but you're super glad that you, you've been able to do it. Um, and so I, I think disincentives to enter this, to be discouraged. We should incentivize people. We should make them feel like you can do this. Let's try it. It's a, it's a, a worthwhile endeavor. Okay, so if you have thoughts on engagement, marriage, relationships, <laughs> if you have thoughts, I know you have thoughts on these things, you should email us because we want to know what they are. Did you get married? Did you have a big expensive reception? Did you receive or purchase an engagement ring of some kind? Tell us about it. It's hearmeout at slate.com. And we want to remind you, that we don't just want you to respond to the shows that we put out for you. Tell us what you want us to talk about. Is there a dream guest that you want to hear from? An issue that you wish you could understand the other side? A potentially unpopular opinion that you want to say out loud for just once? Let us know. Seriously, let us know. Email us. It's hearmeout at slate.com. Hear Me Out is a podcast from Slate. The show is produced by Maura Curry. Ben Richmond is the Senior Director of Podcast Operations. And Alicia Montgomery is VP of Slate Audio. All diamonds. I'm your host, Celeste Headley. Until next time, speak your mind, but keep it open.